Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Crowcast Tuesday Night Live. A uh, massive fortnight, not only in football world, but uh, in the world in general. And joining me to talk all about the footy stuff is Macca. How you going, Mac? Oh, I'm going to be firing on all four cylinders, maybe six or eight tonight. <laughs> Mate, I thought There's you were an eight-cylinder machine. How you going? <laughs> yeah, no, actually carrying very well at the minute, so... So uh, looking forward to tonight. We've got plenty to talk Yeah, we certainly do. It's uh, been a big week, a uh, big fortnight, I should say, in football terms. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Nikki can't join us tonight. She's not feeling well. And Donkey may or may not uh, jump in at some stage. Um, but uh, I'm sure we'll be able to keep the motor running, mate, for the, uh, for the duration, don't you reckon? Yeah, well, you know, I said uh, off off air, you know, you know, I can we we can talk underwater with a mouthful of marble. <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll just keep going. <laughs> G'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord and uh, on our other chat mediums uh, on YouTube and Facebook. Of course, if you want to uh, chat along with the boys on Discord, you can join our Discord server. Uh, the easiest way is just to go to aflcrowcast.com, uh, click on live chat. Um, you can, uh, you'll see the Discord chat window there. You don't even have to make an account. Uh, just follow the directions there, and you'll be straight in. Uh, who have we got in chat tonight? We got J Mac. We got uh, Labs. We got Tracy joining us. Razor Ray, all the way from the US. Um, yep. fantastic, and I'm sure Vardy Magic will be along. Uh, is he already there? I can't see him. He's no, here, he already here. Already he there as well. Fantastic. Yeah. There he is. Oh, we got some quality out there, mate. Some real quality. Yeah, well, you know what it is, what it's like, mate. They keep us in form. <laughs> when we steer <laughs> off the uh, straight and narrow, they get us back on pretty quick. So, uh, well, they very good. well they get it right. Then we just correct what they said, mate. So, we've, even, we've even got someone joining us from Twitch tonight. Sage Sloth, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so. You know, we go to all corners of the globe and all uh, all platforms just about available. And, and uh, I don't know whether he's listening tonight, but a shout-out to our good friend American Crow over there in Cleveland. Um, uh, Razor, obviously, in the US as well. But uh, hopefully uh, uh, American Crow's going okay. Uh, things are... It's terrible over there at the moment. It's sad to see. Um, and it's a bloody disgrace, uh, actually. I mean, it, I mean, it started disgracefully and... Uh, and then, uh, you know, so some people uh, took up legitimate protests, but then others sort of were very opportunistic about it and uh, looters and uh, rioters and just troublemakers in general. So, And that, well, that damaged the cause. And, the, I mean, the cause itself was very valid. It was, it was very, very valid. And uh, it was a disgrace what happened to kick it off. But uh, there's a lot wrong with America, with America. I don't really want to get into politics tonight, but there, there's a lot wrong and... Uh, well, they say the fish uh, rots at the head, and I think it does in, in America. Well, and that's a very good uh, uh, moment to segue into uh, Adelaide Crows. It, <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and we may as well start with uh, the news uh, coming out late this week. Uh, Rob Chapman on, uh, I think it was SEN. I think it was SEN Sports Day. Uh, um, Rucci and Kim Dillon's show. Uh, reiterating that he is going to actually stand down at the end of the season, um, making the comment that uh, he believes that uh, there is such a thing as um, staying in the position for too long. I finally realised that about four or five years ago. <laughs> well, it, it, it has been a little bit late. Um, 
and you know, and while I think you know he really should have gone a fair while back, and is uh, yeah. and is part of the culture problem that the club has had, yeah, um, because uh, well, you know, we still have little hiccups along the line, and uh, we know who the constants are, and he's yeah. one of them. Um, I have certain concerns though about the, the replacement of him. I mean, don't, I would rather have, for example, Chapman, uh, and I and I do personally know one of the guys that he referred to uh, as one of the likely candidates and uh, I, I won't say any names, but I've been on a board with him and, yeah. uh, and I, 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 you know, if I had to rate him out of 10. Well, I've, he owes us something. He's not that good. No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I would rather have Chappie there because at least I know that Chappie can, he, while he's got the, you know, the personality of, well, I won't say what he's got, but uh, he, you know, he, he, there are certain things he does well. And there's a lot of things he does very poorly, but there are certain things he does well. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the potential replacements wouldn't even, even match up to that. So, um, you know, and the, another name that's been mentioned as a potential replacement, and although he's only been at the club for five minutes, is uh, Grant Kelly because he's actually uh, made a good impression uh, when he's come on air. Uh, yeah. He he doesn't talk bullshit. He actually tells it straight, and that's something that the club hasn't done for a long, long time. Yeah. Do you think um, Tracy mentions on the chat, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's paving the way for Mark Rusciuto. Um, do you think that might be uh, on the cards, Mac? I think it's very much on the cards. Actually. Yeah, very yeah. much on the cards. Uh, but I don't know whether it's necessarily the right thing for, for the club. Um, no. Uh, Mark, Mark. There's no doubt about Mark Rusciuto. He honestly does everything he does thinking he's doing the best for the club. Oh, no and, doubt, no doubt. But, you know, when he's approved by, when he's proved by, say, his appointment of Brett Burton, for example, yep. that um, while he believes he's doing the best for the club, he <laughs> isn't always the best for the club. And when you're the number one honcho, which he would be if he was a chair, well, you wouldn't want too many Brett Burton decisions, <laughs> otherwise it would be in chaos. Well, and the problem I, th- I see with, with Rue is that he's... Uh, he's He's very much of the Tex Walker mould. It's very much you're with me or against me. And we've seen that with a few of the comments that he's come out with in the past, you know, couple of years when the club's been under the, under the pump, you know, with the whole go support another club and all that. And I, I really get the impression with Rue that he's not a, uh, he's not a collaborative type, um, that he will, you know, have a, a strong view and it's a view that he'll push. And... He won't necessarily bring people along with him. Um, and I think one of the biggest qualities of a strong leader is that you can bring 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 your organisation with you. Uh, you don't rule with an iron fist. You don't call in the, the bloody paratroopers to break up the crowd. You try and engage the crowd and, and bring everyone along for the ride. And I think Rue's done a lot of good things for the club, uh, particularly early early on uh, in his tenure. And look, to be to, to be fair, Rob Chapman's done some reasonable things for the club too. I mean, I, I don't think any of us should uh, forget how he carried himself and presented the club uh, through the Phil Walsh tragedy. I thought Rob did a very good job um, during that time. Um, and, and and prove that he is a decent human being, you know, which I don't think anyone doubts that he's not a decent human being. But no, uh, no as, a, as a club administrator, I think in in the past couple of years he's shown himself 
to be honest with you, to be a little bit out of its depth um, and probably lacking a little bit in um, the ability to make hard decisions at the expense of people who we may be friends with or, you know, like colleagues. Uh, the Adelaide Footy Club doesn't seem to, to have, up until the end of last year, have had the ability to break ties with um, uh, long-held colleagues like Brett Burton etc not able to make the hard choices the hard decisions and that's given rise to you know comments of boys club and all that sort of stuff do you think that's a fair representation Mac? Yeah I think it is but I'd say like when it comes to business negotiations I think the guy's been great no doubt about that and I think he's done a very good job in that particular aspect of it but that's only one aspect of it the the club has got an identity and it's got a culture and it's got a public face, and yeah. then I think that's where the club's been totally lacking. Now yeah. he's the chair, he's the chair, and the people that he's appointed uh, to run the club uh, up until now they've lacked in that area as well, and yeah. um, and that's where it's there's been a breakdown. I, I believe between in the because of that with the, between the club with uh, its supporters. And with and you know and it's just been given ammo galore to the Victorian media who just you know like just kicking shit out of Adelaide is a, yeah. a, it's their weekly sport yeah. and uh, and unfortunately you know because of the way that we have been I think that we have given that opportunity to them with some ridiculous decisions and it's, it does come back to what you said is that. While Chappie has been a hard man in his life and all the rest of it, but he hasn't. He, once these people have been entrenched, he doesn't seem to want to get rid of them or he doesn't recognise they're mm. no good. You know, so yeah, he, I think he's done. He's had his, he's run his race. Yeah, it's one thing to back your back your staff in and back your your club in, uh, but you've also got to be able to recognise the moment when uh, the individual uh, doesn't uh, deserve your support any longer. Um, and I think that's where the club is at. But look, you know, let's not be sour grapes about it. Chapman's been a, a, a long-serving uh, chairman, um, done, you know, a lot of good things, uh, some bad things. Um, and I think the, the, the wisest thing he's ever said is that it's time for him to go. Uh, so watch yeah, this well, space. It's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, certainly wouldn't bag him overall because, you know, like he's at times had to donate, and he is donating, up to 60 hours a week, and that's unpaid money, you know. Um, yep. He doesn't, doesn't get a bloody cent for it. And uh, here he is copying criticism from people like us, and rightly so, but um, <laughs> and if he, he gets nothing for that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not a great position to be in. Not yeah. a great position to be in. And I, and I think he's, he's, he's done us a lot of good things. He's probably lacked in doing some other things, and uh, I wish him well in whatever he's going to do. Well, you know, I've mentioned on this show a few times that I have a previous connection with him from employment years ago, and uh, my impression was always that he wasn't a football person. He wasn't really interested in football. Um, so it always surprised me that he was involved in the Adelaide Footy Club, and, uh, you know, I've got no doubt that it's uh, related to uh, his tenure with Westpac and our previous um, financial arrangement with Westpac, and he was probably installed by the bank to... Well, it was probably part of the conditions of their extending finance for us to build that facility down at footy park that he be involved you know overseeing the risk i guess um yes. but i'm surprised that he lasted beyond that um anyway look let's not let's not flog a dead horse 
Um, thanks, Rob, for all your all your service, and uh, we look forward to hearing the announcement in due course about his replacement. Yep, and it'd be very interesting to see who that is. And you know, as we, as we said, um, Mark Rusciuto is probably one of the leading candidates, and we personally are not endorsing that. But um, but if he is, well, then we will back him and uh, back him for what he does, and. Uh, and but also criticise if he does it wrong. So, you know, that's the way we act. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah, another topic I was going to raise, Fiend, and you're yeah. probably going to raise the same one as the Andrew McLeod situation. Well, that's exactly where I was going next um, because, again, it, it speaks to the culture of the club and for those people who haven't heard um, uh, Macca's comments on, uh, or Bungie's comments on his podcast with Brett Maher, um, he did say during that podcast that uh, he felt uh, uncomfortable at the club, uh, that he didn't necessarily feel welcome around, around you know, the change rooms and around the club. Um, and it, I, look, when I was told, I didn't hear firsthand that the, the podcast initially and uh, Vardy Magic actually drew my attention to it and I listened to the comments and I must admit, I was very surprised, Macca. Very surprised to hear that from probably the greatest player to have pulled on a Crows Guernsey. Well, initially, you know, I was quite startled to read that because he was also uh, working part-time down the Crows last year. Uh, well, he was involved season. in the women's program. He, he developed the Indigenous Culture uh, program. He's been involved in designing Guernseys. Uh, he has been involved at the club in various capacities, albeit on a part-time capacity. But I didn't take his comments um, in terms of his employment. I, I felt that he just didn't feel like he was part of the club enough to be able to walk through a dressing room or, or walk through the administration and feel completely at ease. Well, yes, now I think that's obviously what he meant. But... Um... I was listening to Treadray on 5AA uh, t- tonight and uh, much as uh, I used to always despise him when he played for Port Adelaide, um, <laughs> he does come up to the reasonably good points. I don't and mind Treaders, said, actually. You're right. I don't mind Treaders. Yep. And uh, he, made a, he made the comment that um, he understands what Andrew's talking about because he said... Um, he wouldn't feel comfortable about walking into Port Adelaide unannounced. He said yeah. if he went there in his official role as yeah. uh, for Channel Nine, he would feel comfortable. But he said just to walk in and say hi, you know, just just come here to see what's going on. Yeah. He said that, he said he wouldn't feel comfortable about that. And when you think about it, uh, you know, uh, over the years we've probably had I don't know how many players have played for the club, and some of you out there might know that, but it would be hundreds, wouldn't it? And, oh, it'd be a couple of hundred, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you couldn't have just people wandering in and out your club just at, at nilly-willy. You know, I, I don't think so. Um, but having said that, I mean, Mac is one of the real legends of the club and I would have thought that, um, well, I don't know whether he's gone down there and been made made to feel unwelcome or whatever because he, he didn't elaborate on that. He just made that particular comment. comment. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a well... Well, all I'm saying is that I think there's two sides to the coin. One is, uh, you know, a legend like him should be made to feel welcome and when he goes down there, but you just can't have everybody rolling in and out of a club and be running be running efficiently at the same time. 
Well, I think there's a, I think there's a few elements to it. I think simplistically you can look at it and say, oh, the crow's culture's shit and all the rest of it. But I think it speaks, as you as you were alluding to with with Treadray's comments, I, I think it speaks to a a broader um, uh, issue. I guess you'd call it within professional sport. In that, I'm sure that if I went down to Sturt and and uh, Mac, if you went down to your old club at Torrens, you'd find lots of old blokes still involved. Um, uh, particularly at Sturt, when Sturt were, um, were struggling a few years ago, the the amount of support they got from ex players, um, you know, champions from the seventies and eighties and nineties, uh, was extreme, and uh, they spent a lot of time, um, you know, honouring and respecting their old players on their various platforms and all the rest of it, and they're there's true clubs whereas what we're dealing with with the crows and and other clubs uh, particularly the non-foundation vfl clubs uh is that we're not we're not dealing with clubs maca we're not dealing with with a um with an organization that has a, a club rooms that has a, a tribal supporter base that has players that grew up in the area that played for their club and all that sort of stuff it's not the same environment so perhaps we're actually expecting too much for the club to embrace its past players simply because it's it's the organization is not designed to do so well it is it's basically it's a franchise um and uh and whether they like it or not the uh, port adelaide who, who play in the afl they're a franchise um, yes, exactly. Because um, they, you know, uh, Port Adelaide weren't part of the SAFL, drained them down to nothingness and yep. wasted all their resources. And the Sandville desperately wanted to get rid of them and said to the AFL, you can have them. Yep. Now you can be the owners of them. And they said, well, only take them if we get the crows as well. So that was the deal. That's why, and we are both in the same boat. And we're a franchise thanks to bloody uh, uh, Port Adelaide. And well, we're not a franchise thanks to Port Adelaide. We're, we're a franchise thanks to the nature of the competition, the nature of the organisation. We're not a club. And the reason Port Adelaide are not a club is because they didn't enter the Magpies in the AFL competition or the VFL competition. They entered the, the, a new team called the Port Power and uh, they were going to abandon the Port Magpies and the SANFL, and it wasn't until the SANFL basically stipulated that they had to keep the Magpies in the SANFL that they that they remained. Otherwise, the Magpies would have died the year that Port, Port Adelaide uh, entered a team in the AFL. But it's the same with Fremantle. It's the same with West Coast. Um, you know, uh, they're not. There's no club foundation in any of those teams. There's no, there's no recognition of the uh, the remaining eight SANFL teams in the Crows um, heritage, really, and yet it was those eight teams that made the Crows possible. You know, um, so I don't, you know, when I look at Macca's comments and I think, all right, well, you don't feel comfortable walking through there. It almost doesn't surprise me now if I. Th- if I listen closely to what he's saying and the way he's saying it, I think he's talking at it from the point of view of he's not of that generation anymore and the organisations 
these days, sporting organisations these days, they move on pretty quick. You know, with the draft and all that sort of stuff, play, it's a fairly fluid environment. And you don't get that same situation where a team might play together by and large for, for 10 years with minimal personnel changes. You know, the personnel changes mean that, you know, people are in and out in two, three years in many in many cases and there's probably not enough time to build that um, that that club base that players would would you know would stick to. Do you know what I mean? Well, I hundred percent agree with you because it, it's it hasn't got that history of a long like hundreds of years or not hundreds, but you know a very long uh, history of being a well, uh, Port Adelaide five hundred and sixty years or whatever it is now. Oh, that was BC. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> no, they've been around forever. Um, I think Jesus played them as well. Um, oh, he was on the bench. Oh, sorry. Um, I always get him and Moses mixed up. Yeah, um, but, let's not uh, do religious jokes. We'll lose half our followers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for that, folks. I couldn't resist it. Yeah. But um, no, I'm, I'm on your side there here, Fiend. I think that um, it's, it's sad to hear Macca say that, but I think it's a recognition of what AFL football is about. And I would say that if you go to most of the Victorian clubs, um, yeah, you might get one or two legends about to drop in there, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't want people just dropping in and out all the time. Um, but yeah. they do. But, but they do have, if you like, um, social club rooms where you can have a drink and all that sort of stuff. And yes. I think that's what's lacking here in this case. If we had that situation, and some of the boys in the chat have already uh, mentioned that, you know, if we had the, the club rooms that we were, I think, would have been. Uh, heading forward, if we'd got the, uh, into North Adelaide, we would have probably taken over the pub over in the yeah. corner or one of those there. Uh, and we would have had that situation where it would have been associated with the Adelaide Football Club and it would have been easy for Macca to drop in there and uh, he could have mixed with some of the past players there, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. in yeah. a social setting. But, the, but when the clubs, as the Adelaide Football Club is at the moment, it's a dead-set business and it doesn't give that opportunity. No, that's very true, Mac. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things that the club has always focused on in the argument for providing a space for supporters or a club base is that they don't feel that it's necessary, that it's not uh, financially viable. But I, I don't know whether they've actually considered what past players, particularly local players, and there's another point too, a lot of past players are, uh, are not South Australian, um, but I wonder whether they've given much consideration to providing a space for past players and whether the club room kind of setup would have been a facility for, for past players to enjoy as well as supporters. Um, you know, I read a few yeah. comments on Big Footy this afternoon saying that, you know, during the early years of the Crows, one of the, one of the the most fun elements of that was going to the shed afterwards, and there'd be players mingling with the with the crowd, you know, after every game. But and I don't think. Point I, I should make that particular point, Fane, is that yeah. uh, since we moved Adelaide Oval uh, and there is no shed, there is no heart. And I mean, and by heart, I mean the the feeling part of being involved with a football club. Yeah. Um, and that's what the shed provided, and that would have been a situation again for Macca. And but if we had a permanent fixture, then I mean he could drop in at any time into that, and probably find some of his old teammates uh, hanging around like bar flies having a drink or two. So yeah. uh, but, I, I think it's circumstances that make it what it is, yeah. and uh, it's not and nothing prejudicial against Macca. It's just the way it is. 
Yeah. Look, the one thing that I will say, though, is that that might be true for a 50-gamer that, um, that you know, uh, ended his career somewhere else. Or like You know, someone like a, a Jack Gunston, for example, who he's started his career at the Crows, but, you know, predominantly played somewhere else. But we're, we're talking about a 300-plus game champion of the club. Oh, and, yeah, probably. And... You know, you argue with, you argue with Simul Rue, who's the best player ever for the club. That's yet. right. And when you walk into the club, you should see Andrew McLeod um, among a couple of other club legends emblazoned all over the walls of that place. And yet, who have we got? When you walk in down at West Lakes, who do you see? And no disrespect right. to this bloke, Nathan Van Berlo. Nathan Van Berlo is plastered all over the walls. You know, yeah, our, we, we've got... You know, what about Mark Bickley, our, our first premiership captain? What about Mark Rusciuto? What about Darren Jarman? What about Tyson Edwards, Simon Goodwin, um, Andrew McLeod, Benny Hart? You know, those blokes who, who are... Tony Modra, you know, those blokes who are club legends. Those, those blokes that are, died in the wall, one... Well, not... In most cases, one club prior mods wasn't quite, but there should be a special place for those people. And when those people walk into the club, the culture of the place should be that every person that works there respects the fact that here is a bloke who is who is integral to your employment at this football club. If it wasn't for this bloke walking in who played 300 and something games and won two Norm Smiths, you wouldn't have a job. So there, there comes a point at the club, culturally, where those blokes should feel that they can walk tall. Where the, the, Andrew McLeod should own the Adelaide Football Club when he walks in there. He shouldn't really feel uncomfortable. Do you understand what I'm... Do, do you get the difference Yeah, there? I, I do. You're, you're, you're really saying that there are two really levels of players and there's some that are the absolute legends of the club and that they should be welcomed and and be be seen to be welcomed. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then there are others that amongst the two. I think it was two hundred and twenty-eight that Vardy Magic said something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's probably only about a dozen players amongst that two hundred and twenty-eight that would probably be entitled, if you like, to do what you're talking about. And 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 I and I suppose that you know they could probably go out their way a little bit and and show some respect and. And pleasure to see these people because they helped make the club what it is today, or made it better than it probably is what it is today. Well, that's well, they're, they're integral to the history. That they're, they're part of the the fabric of the club. Like um, Matt said on the chat, you know, Gary Ablett at Geelong, both junior and senior. You know, Peter Dacos at, at Collingwood. You know, uh, Dermot Brereton at Hawthorne. You know. <laughs> Blokes that are integral to the fabric of the club, and so whilst I can understand that these organisations aren't your traditional suburban football clubs, I still think I still think that there's a, a level of player who has devoted their career and given everything and been integral to our success. Those players, the people who work for the club, should, you know applaud Andrew McLeod every time he walks in the bloody place. I know that sounds a bit over the top, but you understand what I mean. I do, I do. And uh, and, and really, just as you'd say, with some warmth in it so that they actually do feel welcome. Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, All it'll right. be interesting to see if, if Macca actually comes out and clarifies that because I think to a degree he's been taken out of context and I think to a degree I think the media... The media have only jumped on this today, by the way. His podcast was out days ago. Um, but Well, uh, it was somebody put it up on Twitter. Somebody put it up on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, it was the Press, so they, 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 the press Box podcast that, uh, that covered it uh, the other day. And it's sort of yeah. run with from there. But it shows that poor old Brett Maher and, and Bungie have got a bit to go in terms of listenership because no, one, no one's listening to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit sad, really. Happy to give you a shout-out, um, uh, Macca and, and Marzi. Uh, probably just work on the uh, on the comedy a little bit. Um, but uh, it wasn't too bad a listen. But anyway, so, I mean, look, moving on from that, though, Mac. It brings us to another cultural issue with the club that I've been really, God, really strong one. on. Really, really strong on, and that is the manner in which the club has handled the situation around pledges and refunds. Yeah, and I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think that they could have done it better, probably should have done it better. Sitting in their seat, I understand where they're getting at. They're trying to survive. Um uh, and look, people who pay the money, they want to survive. So really, it, it's a case really that both parties want to survive and Adelaide didn't do it as well as they should have and I think deliberately um, so that they were hoping to keep as much as possible. Um, and I, I understand why they did it. It's not necessarily the best thing to do, but I do understand why they did it. Look, I understand it commercially, Macca. Uh, well, I under no. Let me let me rephrase. I understand the motivations behind why they did what they did from yep. a commercial perspective, uh, but I, I just feel like it. And look, let's be let's be fair here. The Crows aren't the only club to not offer a uh, you know a series of options publicly. Um, certainly no orphans. There's been a lot of AFL clubs that have been less than transparent in terms of, uh, you know, dealing with the uh, the membership refunds, etc. But we can only talk about the Crows and we can only talk about what's in front of us. And I, I just felt that given... I just felt it was tone deaf from the club to start off with, given the disconnect that currently probably exists between a large proportion of the supporter base and the club and the other thing too Macca is if the at the end of the day if the option is there the option is there and to make someone have to jump through hoops well to first of all not even make people aware but then when it was when it was grudgingly raised after Mark Bickley said it on 5AA Yes. <laughs> when it was grudgingly raised to make it so difficult for people, you know, you got to you got to fill out this form, then you got to wait for a call back, and you got to do this and call. I know people who've been waiting over a week for a call back haven't got one. And given that the club is short staffed, why the hell would they be directing people to the phones? Because they obviously haven't got the resources to deal with the influx of calls to to deal with people that want. Um, that want to take the $60 option. I, I, I just felt overall it was very cynical of the club, Macca. 
Oh, yeah, I think what they did is they tried to make it as hard as possible for people to get. Oh, it's Fox. To, it's Fox Till Marketing One Hundred One. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, which I I used to my benefit, of course, to get my to lower my fees uh, <laughs> from Fox Till. I, I, well, I, you know, you just you keep cancelling every month, and they give you more and more. No, you, people out there don't know if you've got Fox Till and you're paying the full amount, you're crazy. What yeah, you you're a trip. Yeah. What you do is you ring up and you ask for cancellations. You don't ask to speak to anybody else. You just ask to speak to cancellations. That's right. And that's and when you get through put, to their marketing will, department. <laughs> they put you through to retentions. And um, then you, uh, <laughs> instead of paying 139 whatever it is, well, I was paying 89 and the buggers put it up to 95 I wasn't too happy about that. But, You're still you know, paying too much, um, mate. Well, but, don't want to, but it's that sort of technique, and I understand why they did it. Um, it was make it doesn't make them popular with people though. I can understand that. And look, that the club is trying to survive, and um, with I suppose desperate times and desperate actions. But uh, as I said, it's you, as you quite rightly raised, it's not going to make them popular with the people who have had to jump through hoops to get their money back, who genuinely do need the money. Yes, I mean I'm in the fortunate position I don't need the money, yes. and I'm quite happy for them to have the money. But there are people out there who are bleeding and they genuinely need the money. And that should have been made a lot easier. No doubt about that. Well, we, we have a fairly senior supporter base, Macca, and it's the senior element of our population and particularly those that perhaps aren't self-funded retirees. Uh, the Crows is their one entertainment outlet, you know, and they scrimp and save to pay for that membership and um you know during times of crisis and all the rest of it when you've got to pay 35 dollars for a roll of toilet paper um <laughs> you know that that hits a pensioner a lot harder than than a young bloke um and I, I just i just felt that it was a it was a point in time where the afl as a whole but certainly the afc could have shown some empathy for the people around i just felt that the language was wrong you know, stand oh, by, the, stand by the club, and don't. It's not. It wasn't a bloody donation. Oh, I, know, I, I had no, no problem with the stand by the club. It was no, just the, I the, don't the, like the way it. That the, no, I had no problem with that. It was a the difficulty they made it for genuine cases to get their money back. That was that was a thing that was really very sneaky on their behalf. And, yeah. Because uh, uh, when you look, when you looked at the first three uh, uh, three options, it did, you couldn't see a fourth, but there was a fourth. Well, no, there Did wasn't a fourth on back? the. There wasn't on the. There wasn't a fourth on the website. No, there was. A, there was the three pledge options, and then there was you know, otherwise call the club, or fill out this form, yep. fill out this online form or whatever, and we'll call you back. What yeah, was stopping so. them from putting another button there that said, "Look, if you want a full refund, but you want to retain your seat, it's going to cost you sixty bucks. Click here." I mean, that's what they should have done. But yes. they also knew that if they put that, there'd be a lot of buttons being pressed. And then therefore they've tried to make people jump through hoops to get it back. But that, but the, the sad part of that is that a lot of the people doing that, jumping through the hoops, are desperate for the day because they haven't got it. That's so, right. Uh, and here's where, right. Lose, here's where I'm going to lose people, Maka, because and I'll probably lose you as well in this one. Good thing. We've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a bigger picture here, right? Now... I can already see the people. Apologies to my Facebook listeners who are probably a little bit more moderate than I am about the club. I'm about to piss you all off. But oh, Jesus. the Adelaide Go Football on. Club is a subsidiary of the AFL. 
Now, the AFL operates on a model of cross-subsidisation, correct, Maka? Correct. The rich, the, right, the rich pay for the poor. That's Unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, yeah. So the Adelaide Football Club, because it's got the capacity to do so, has gone out and got finance through its lenders because it can, because of its revenue base, right? It's gone out and got lending to fund it this period, whereas other clubs have gone cap in hand to the AFL. Yep. Correct? Yep. Now, when you go and pay your membership or your season ticket to the Adelaide Crows, do you honestly think, do you honestly think that what you're actually doing is supporting your club? Honestly. Yes. You're not because we subsidize other clubs. So, all we're doing by by getting our own funding, Macca, is that we're we're allowing the parent company, the AFL, to avoid having to fund. And so, in effect, what we're doing is funding other clubs. And you'd be better off going and buying a St Kilda membership than you would funding the Adelaide Football Club because, in effect, what you're doing is you're funding the AFL. You're not... It's not standing by the club at all because the club is funded by the AFL just the same as every other club in the AFL. It just so happens that we've got the revenue base where instead of the AFL having to go and lend money on our behalf, we can go and do it ourselves. But hang on. At the money that I, I pay for my membership and everybody else, it doesn't go to the AFL. It goes to the Adelaide Football Club. You know, the only argument you can actually sustain for what you're saying mm. is that because we have more money than the polls like down at Port Adelaide, for example, mm-hmm. we aren't we aren't taking a bigger share out of the money that comes in from the TV rights, etc. Every so, everything uh, is equalised, Macca. Everything is equalised. So yes, and what it, so what when you look at if you, let 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 me try and I'm probably not explaining myself properly. Well, you look at the revenue streams of the AFL, right? And by and large, it's broadcast rights, and then it's you know licensing fees and all that sort of crap, right? But you have to include in the revenue streams for the AFL, you have to include the revenue streams of the club, all the clubs, because that forms the total basket, right? Now, some clubs are rich enough that they can be self-sustaining. West Coast, you know, Collingwood, us to a large extent, Richmond, we, we have enough of a revenue stream to be self-sustaining, which then allows the AFL to divert money to the clubs that aren't self-sustaining. So it Correct. doesn't matter where the revenue is coming from. In the end of the day, one way or another, whether it be literally or figuratively, it's all going into the AFL bucket and the AFL dishes it out. It, in our circumstance, it just means that rather than having to go to the AFL for money, we're, we lend for ourselves. But at the end of the day, it's still cross-subsidising other clubs. Well, you are right in in, in that sense uh, of what, the way you put it there. The problem I think there is is there's not what we're doing. The problem is what the AFL is doing because if you run a good business, you don't have all these parasite, parasites hanging off you. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I could start a whole session, which I won't now, but, um, you know, with COVID, I, I think the AFL is missing a 
a marvellous opportunity to rationalise a competition and oh, get rid of, of all these deadbeat clubs that are hanging off them. And so the, uh, it doesn't have to do this equalisation. I mean, the amount of money they pour into GWS, uh, sorry, Gold Coast, but also some into GWS. Um, St Kilda, just, uh, you know, just pork barrelling away there all the time. Um, a good organisation would sit down and say, well, we're not going to do this. We're going to actually get rid of or combine clubs or whatever and uh, balance that up against what the, the TV income rights would be. And, you know, I've always been in favour of uh, getting it back to 14 clubs and playing each other uh, once, once at home and once away, which is 26-game minor round. Uh, throw in a uh, an extra final so that you can actually uh, scramble to get into the eighth spot into the uh, competition and for the finals. And uh, you'll find you won't be them that, that many games short of what it currently is, and you'll have almost the same amount of money for the TV rights, but it's only going to profitable clubs. Yeah. Now look, so, I get all I get all of that, Mac. But do you see the do you see the contradiction in what you're saying, what you're proposing? And what you said to me earlier about supporting the club, because no, by supporting no, the not... club, by supporting the club, indirectly by, I'm doing. No, hang on a minute. By supporting, and I look, I am not bagging anyone for having passion about their football club. We have passion about the Adelaide Crows. Everyone who listens here and every everyone else who supports the Adelaide Crows has passion for the club. I'm not bagging people. I'm trying to put it in real terms. And what I'm saying to you is that by donating your 2020 membership to the club, essentially you are facilitating the AFL to avoid rationalisation of clubs or teams in the competition. Because if people, if everyone said, no, stuff you, Adelaide and Collingwood and Hawthorne and every other club, we want our money back because you haven't given us a product then the AFL would have no choice but to rationalise. But because they pull on the heartstrings and the whole, you know, support your club and all that sort of crap, they are able to sustain the very teams, Macca, that you want to get rid of. And there, therein lies the contradiction in what you're saying. That's one of your best arguments you've ever put forward, Phil. It's that true. made sense. It's true. It's true. It, it's... Look, people, we all love the tribal nature of football and we all buy into the club environment and the club atmosphere and all the rest of it. And I know I certainly do because I grew up in an era where that was what football was all about. You Same know. here. But the marketing rhetoric of today by the AFL and its associated clubs plays on that romantic notion, but that romantic notion is no longer reality. So by people pledging to their clubs and donating to their clubs, they're actually facilitating the AFL and keeping the status quo rather than doing what you rightly say they should do, Macca, which is to rationalise teams in Victoria. So exactly. a, great, a great opportunity was missed, but how complicit was the AFL supporter base in making that happen? Well, I don't know whether it's been missed yet because they haven't. They've guaranteed that there'll be eighteen teams up to the end of this year. They haven't guaranteed it beyond that. So, uh, technically, there's the opportunity there to, to do what we're talking about. Whether they've got the balls to do it, well, that's another thing. Totally we'll see. Another thing. But 
Right, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Matt. <laughs> I saved myself. I saved myself four hundred bucks, Matt, by that very logic. So maybe I'm just trying to, you know, justify my own actions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see that you actually put up a very good argument there, Fiend, and, and technically you are right. And that um, if people had have not paid their and said, you know, let the club keep their uh, yeah. membership fees, then you are right. They would have been forced to rationalise and get rid of these clubs. I'd like to piss off. Um, but uh, no look but as I, as I said though mate I don't bag anyone for having passion for their club I, I really don't um, you know I, it, it annoys me that the spin and the hype and the, and the doubled speak of, of these big professional organisations that, that like I said play on the heartstrings and the emotions of the average supporter who just wants to go to the footy and support their bloody club you know and it's such a contrived com- competition now with the draft and the caps and the soft cap and the bloody, you know, the equalisation across the board. It, it makes it so difficult, you know, when all we really want is what we've all always had and that is just to go and support our bloody team. And, you know, uh, it, it really um, it really makes me nostalgic for the old days, Macca. But anyway, we shouldn't dwell on that because we've got to make the best of what we got. Yeah, just take, well, just take this one step further, you know, um, and the the money pool situation. Um, the AFL are talking about that there's going to be uh, list, uh, cuts in lists and it also cuts in players' uh, payments. Yeah. And I was reading an article, which is very interesting, where the uh, March, who's a, I think he's the head of the AFL uh, uh, players, the players' Association. association yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, and basically, they've got three revenue streams. They've got they get a percentage, twenty eight percent of the forecast amount of revenue. Yeah. They they get twenty eight percent of any excess of the uh, forecast revenue. Yep. They get twenty eight percent of the club's revenue, and they wanted twenty eight percent of the club's excess club's excess revenue. Yeah. But they only got eleven point two percent apparently. And in exchange for that, there was a clause put in that they wouldn't suffer any fallback in their salary. Yeah. In their salary payments. Um, and, that, you know, he's saying, well, we may be forced to be a bit realistic about it. But, we're, but they're saying that re- really they really haven't got any right to make us take any cuts at all. Well, There's a couple of points I'd make about that one, Maka. First of all, just dovetailing from my previous point to this one, there's a reason why the clubs buy into all this equalisation crap, and that is because of the uh, the draft essentially being anti-competitive and would probably fall over at the first court challenge. So, of course it would. So at the end of the day, all the clubs are complicit because they know that to have a healthy competition, they've got to essentially agree to a rule that wouldn't stand up in a court. The The knock-on effect of that, Macca, and I think the Players Association has cottoned on to this, it gives them a lot of leverage. Mm. Gives them a lot of leverage. And I would love to place a bet for the amount of times that they, the Players Association has lent on the AFL during negotiations by subtly making the point around the draft not being able to stand up in a court when it comes to restraint of trade. 
which it wouldn't. So I think I think what you see with the Players Association wielding a, a unseemly amount of power, a, a, a disproportionate amount of power, you would think. I think it rests a lot to do with the manner in which uh, the whole competition operates. Because let's face it, if you don't have the draft, the whole competition, the whole premise of the competition, the way it's funded, the way it's structured, everything falls over. The draft is the centre point of the whole competition, the draft and the salary cap. Which is what I was leading to. That's because right. There's only going to, because there's only a certain pool of amount of money. Exactly. And if the players, if the players are going to hold fast and say we will only go take a certain percentage because it, it appears that they've got the the uh, strong hand here rather than the AFL, um, and at the same time the AFL is talking about cutting lists back to thirty five, etc. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen with with the draft for God's sake? Because I mean, you take Gold Coast; they've got fifty one players at the moment. Wow. If they've got a they've got to cut back to 35 they've got to get rid of 16 plus players to be able to take in the draft as well yeah yeah i mean the 35 figure that's come up and it's been thrown out there and i'm sure it won't end up at 35 because it's not not realistic enough no because no. uh you mean you get i could see 38 you're gonna be tossing out decent footballers now yeah. they, they were talking about one of the negotiation uh points the AFL Players Association might use is that bringing back uh, free agency back to six years instead of eight. But, yeah. you know, as the uh, many persons pointed out, players are just starting to hit their prime. If, if you take Dangerfield, we, we, I can't remember how many years we had Dangerfield, but we probably had him for six. Well, we had him um, for one year before a Brownlow medal, Macca. Yeah. I mean, so and, that shows um, you how much in his prime he was. Well... You know, um, he's good. You know, he's really consistent. Good football mm. has come since since in those latter years. Yeah, and so it's going to destroy the whole nature of the, of the game, and yeah. in my opinion, so that's why they have the the AFL are only going to have a certain amount of money. And well, and what do you think? The, what what do you think? The, more, sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to say, the more the existing players take, I don't know how the thing's going to work. Well, why do you think it is that every time the uh, Players Association negotiate for terms, the the bargaining chip is more flexibility? So it's either more money or more flexibility. And that's what makes me believe that they use the, the, the draft and the, the restraint of trade uh, uh, issues around the draft as a bargaining chip because otherwise... Why would they be looking for more flexibility? You know, so obviously what they're saying is, well, you know, you chip a little bit out of this inflexible um, uh, draft system for us and, and we'll take a bit of a hit in the pocket. But if you don't, we want more money. That's what it all boils down to. And at some stage, like you rightly say, Macca, the money's going to run out. Because the, the other element, uh, which is completely counterintuitive as far as I'm concerned, is that not only do we have a salary cap, but clubs are forced to pay 95% of it. Mm. So there's no capacity for a club to manage its finances correctly by saying, look, we're going to have to go through a couple of years where maybe we're only going to have to pay 90 or 88% of our TPP because we literally don't have the money. 
Which then brings us back down to who's actually paying the players' salaries, and it's not the clubs. It's not the clubs. It's the AFL, because, again, it's all equalised, Macca. The clubs yeah. manage the TPP in terms of this is the, this is the rules around how you've got to build up a squad. But it's got nothing to do with money because the AFL are basically saying well, we're all, we're equalising money, so we're giving all you clubs the same amount of money essentially, and we're telling you you've got to spend most of it. Like you can't bank it, you can't save it, you can't defer it, or well, you can defer it a little bit now, but you know what I mean. So it just points to the fact that the players know what leverage they have, and they know that it's the AFL paying them, not the clubs. It's the AFL that's paying them. And so they use that in any negotiations. And I, I can't see lists going down under 38 because the Players Association will not allow it. Well, I'm sure you're right. And, and it just shows... But it's um, you can start, If you start with the point the AFL is going to have reduced income, drastically reduced income, and apparently it's trying to make that reduced income as little as possible by, by shaving some off for the next two years. Mm. But uh, but overall, it's going to mean that the annual amount over the next uh, this year and the next two years is shaved down maybe by 20%. Well, uh, I think... Which means there's, there's, there is less to play players, which means that they do have to take a cut because you've also got the AFLW to sponsor as well, which, yep. uh, you know, is not... Uh, well, it's not an, self-funding yet. money maker. No, it's not self-funding yet. And you know, and if it came back to a choice between keeping Gold Coast or running AFLW, I'd rather run AFLW because yep. it's got a, it is, it is a, it's it's a growing beast. It's something that's got that's got real momentum. And it's going to end up very, very, uh, you know, you've got every girl just about in Australia wanting to play AFL footy now, and yep. uh, it it's, it will end up as a very big thing. So it's got a future, and it'll, and it'll probably get to the stage where it'll be able to pay for itself. But I can never see the Gold Coast paying for it. So, no. So, Look, Mac, I mean, AFLW is growing so much that even my daughter, God bless her, who uh, never touched a footy in her life, <laughs> I found out the other day that she's going to start playing footy. It's like, wow, if football can get you, it can get anyone. Because, gee whiz, if <laughs> it was the most, it just about knocked me over when I heard when I got told that. But look, there's only a finite amount of money, and at the moment it's a balancing act that we can obviously see with the AFL in terms of either the amount of teams or the amount of players in the system. And and, that, yeah, and that's why, to, for me, it's teams. I mean, if you, if you, if you reduce the parasites... I agree with you. System, you. You can actually then uh, keep a balanced... Uh, uh, actually, you have an improved competition because, you, yeah. you know, you can play home and away and, eat, and on an equal basis. You can have, actually have an equal system. Yeah, I um, agree with you. And you get rid of the parasites, and you can actually keep your your full list. You can actually sponsor the females, etc., the women to keep their competition, and which is, as I said, it's going to grow into something big. Yeah. And uh, but, but I just but who's going to have the, who's going to win? Who's going to win, Macca? Is the players' association going to win, or is the AFL going to win? Who who's going to win that battle? If I. If I go by the side of the testicles AFL shown so far, the players will. Um, but um, common sense says that the AFL should really just put the foot... Well, they should really just stand firm and just do the right thing, but I don't think they will. I think the players will, and, and, and it's going to be um, quite chaotic, I think. 
Yeah, no, look, it's... I, the one thing about this, this uh, whole situation is that it's it's made professional sport need to be a lot leaner. We've seen it with Formula One, they've and they were already doing it anyway, but I think this, you know, hastened that situation where they've just had to trim back on the amount of spending that was occurring in that sport. Um, and I think... Look, I, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that we will see some rationalisation. Uh, I think the only the only people that you would get to disagree with you, Maka, with regards to culling teams are the, are the people that supported those teams. And I can understand Great. why they would, because it's their club. And we're talking about Victorian clubs, and they still do have that tribal following, you know, because it was born out of that tribal league. Uh, so they've they've they're following clubs that have been around for you know anything up to a hundred years, um, but I think most people and most fair-minded Victorian people would agree that some rationalisation in in Victoria is required, and I, well, I just know, can't even, see it happening. Even somebody like Caro is actually saying the same thing. Um, and Caro, the- Jeff Kennett. Uh, there's been quite a few people, and I think it's starting to get some legs. But Jesus, it's a it's a massive hill to climb for the AFL to get through that sort of a, a you know, culling of people's sporting lives um, for the sake of the competition. I, I I don't know whether Gill's got the Kahuna's. It might have to be his uh, his. Um, the bloke that takes over from Gil at the end of his tenure, because I don't know whether Gil's got the bloody nuts for it, mate. That's 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 what I was really getting at. I mean, it, it, to me, it is this is just the perfect year to do it because you've got every reason to do it, every yeah. reason. Yeah, I oh, definitely. And common sense, logic, everything says that it should be done. Yeah. And you know, you cut off the parasites and you actually get a healthy competition going and. You know, to, you know. Uh, in the end, I, I think they'll probably would be improved in terms of the amount of advertising they would get because it would have stronger teams, better, better quality matches, better, stronger clubs, etc. So, yeah, that's just my view. You know, um, a couple of the couple of the comments I've heard on social media since the lockdown, and with, they've been playing a lot of the old school games on on Fox and KO and all the rest of it, is how much more enjoyable the footy of the nineties is to watch. <laughs> and maybe you know, maybe we just need fewer players on the field, fewer fewer players in a squad, fewer teams in the competition, so we can get back to a bit more quality and a bit more openness in the game, and get back to the true essence of Australian rules football, which is hard one-on-one contests and a war of attrition. You know, because at the moment we're just watching a version of soccer and basketball and every other bloody field sport. Well, it was interesting. Was it Brody Smith who said that he likes the uh, reduced amount of people in 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 the game, uh, like in in terms of coaches having only one voice to listen to instead of ten? Yeah, there's been a few players say that. Seesman came out. He's been running a few sessions, and he reckons it's made him more focused. Look, there's no doubt that AFL land has become bloated with you know, consultants and coaches and all the rest of it. So it probably is a bit of a uh, rationalisation it needed to have. But uh, as you say, um, Mac, I think it needs to go further and it'll be very interesting to see how the AFL navigates the next couple of years because it's going to be very lean, very lean. Because the, the, biggest, the biggest challenge, I think, that they're going to have revenue-wise is finding enough people or finding enough corporations who want to sponsor. 
Exactly. You know, and, and you know, they've always been bragging about the growth of the AFL and uh, how much more more revenue it's, gra- it's raised. And to me, it was always to me. I always felt it was like the uh, the ASX, the, you know, the stock exchange. Yeah. That, that that the share market keeps rising, it keeps rising, it keeps rising, and then it goes bang. And in this case, it was COVID that was the trigger for the for the bang. But yep. it's not unlike the stock exchange, and it takes a long, long time to recover. Yeah, so, well, bubbles um, always burst, don't they? Yep, they will. They burst every time. Yeah, and and uh, you know the way the AFL was getting all this money and handing it around everywhere, right, left, and centre, and some in some cases worthy causes, in some cases uh, just really just tossing it down the down the toilet, um, like Gold Coast, for example. Like Gold, the Gold Coast has uh, taken six hundred million. Out of, out of the out of the monies that the AFL have got, six hundred millions a huge now, amount of money just to throw down the toilet. Now, Maka, we've just uh, we've just had a request, so just one moment, please. We did put a question on Twitter, um, and that was just some canned applause that I just ran for the benefit of uh, listeners. Um, because we saw the NRL come out during the week, or last weekend, and uh, I'm just looking up our poll results on Twitter, but they had the canned crowd, Macca. What do you think of that? Well, I, to be honest, I didn't even bother to watch the NFL. Uh, <laughs> and then NRL, so, um, so I can't comment. Um, for those who... I, I don't know. I'm leaving it open for those who did. Uh, I, I think it's better to have it than that, because... Uh, that round that we saw in round one, that was really strong. During the playoffs, Chelsea. Keep going, mate. Well, what are your thoughts on I think it's bloody ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's like, I, I likened it on Twitter to a laugh track in a sitcom. If you have to watch a bloody TV show and rely on the laugh track to tell you when to laugh, that's the equivalent of the NRL telling you when you need to be happy or sad. I mean, you can you can watch a game and, and see a bloke fall over a line and know it's a try, and if it's your team, you'd be happy about it. Why do, you, <laughs> why do you need artificial bloody yelling in the background to make you feel better about yourself? I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, I think the, the whole idea is to put atmosphere into it um, because um, it is. It, I did think it was rather sterile watching the game. Um, it, admittedly, I did concentrate totally on the game and uh, not distracted, but... Um, you do miss the, the you know, the crowd you out, bowl and all that sort of crap. Um, yeah, but come on, yeah. Mako. Well, you're not watching a bloody science fiction show. <laughs> you're watching no. a live event, for goodness sake. If there's no crowd there, there's no bloody crowd there. Well, I guess we, you know, if I was 100% honest, I don't really care one way or the other. You know, if I'll, I'll watch the football and I'll absorb the footy and I'll be critical of this and I'll be appreciative of that, but... And I probably won't even take any notes where there's a crowd or whatever. Uh, I just want to see the footy. Yeah, no, so I, I agree. I, I, I have no, I really don't have a viewpoint on it. So no. if they put it there, so be it. And if they don't put it there, so be it. Well, our, our Twitter users don't have a view on it either. We got uh, got we got good response in in because I only put it up a couple of hours ago. We got you know thirty odd votes, and it came in at fifty fifty. <laughs> so there was no no definitive answer no definitive answer on the laugh track for the footy um yeah. i think it's been I I'm cardboard cutouts so i draw the line at cardboard oh, cutouts, what's but... that going on about oh, it's serious 
Seriously. Well, one, one, yeah, it's been done, cardboard cutouts, but... Um, no, if they want to put that, they, they, they can 20, do it. $22 they charge somebody to have a cardboard cutout of their face or whoever the yeah. hell they... $22. What uh, amazes me the most is that people had enough ready cash to think, oh, that's a good way to spend 20 bucks. I'm just going to have uh, a cardboard yeah, cut out at the rugby league. What the a hell? A little, little bit of conceit out there, I think, to pay that. Um, oh, no, God. I certainly wouldn't do that. I, but, um, I don't know. I mean, look, there's enough technology today that if they really wanted to be bloody progressive about it, they could superimpose a crowd. There, well, you know, they've got all the all the shots from past games and all the rest of it. They could animate and superimpose a crowd there. They didn't. They have to put bloody cardboard cutouts there, or like the Crows did the other day, and like in round one, and put jumpers over the seats behind the goals and that sort of stuff. Just a bit ridiculous. Uh, well, that's been, been done by other clubs around the world. That, that, that's what all the various things that other people do, and it's, and it does come back to a matter of opinion whether you like those things or not. Um, to me, you know, footy's the thing. I, I love watching the footy and I love watching the individuals. I love watching what the team's doing, etc. And uh, But I do, you know, I did miss the atmosphere of the crowd. I did miss it. Uh, well, they'll probably put some canned uh, noise up this week. I think, they will because, I think they will because Gil liked it. Um, I'd like to see them put some canned correct decisions on there. So, you know, when it is holding the ball, it is actually holding the ball. If they could work out a way... That they could actually manipulate the game to make every decision correct—that'd be great. <laughs> That'll never happen. <laughs> and never Matt happen. makes a really good point. Just can the whole fucking competition and let's all just watch Fiend play AFL Evolution. I got to say, Matt, that after about round three of that thing, I got sick of the game because it was too glitchy, and it's a real shame. Uh, but I just I couldn't play it anymore. It was just making me bloody throw my controller at the thing so i might bring i might i might get a second wind i don't know i think there might have been a couple of updates and patches and all the rest of it but it was getting so glitchy that i just couldn't cope any longer <laughs> could i could i actually suggest you perhaps you were losing as well thing? no 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 we were three we were three zip mac we were going well um, oh, okay so you know you know you're not talking about it from that point of view no no no, no. it was the actual game itself was just it was a low budget game and uh it just it had a lot of glitches in it, and it just became a bit hard to take. So I got a bit, I got a bit, uh, I got a bit jack of it. But I might revisit it. We might do a bit of a state of origin or something at some point. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how we go. Well, next week mate, we're actually going to be talking about an actual game that we're going to play. And, we, are, um, we are. You know, it's getting a little bit exciting to think that Woody's coming back. At one stage, I got to the stage when we, after so many weeks, I thought. Bugger it, I hope they don't bring it back. And I don't know whether you ever got into that thought, that thought process at all. I must admit, look, I must admit, I'm I'm a bit each way on this season. Um, I think that's probably fed into by the fact that the, we know that the Crows aren't going to have a terribly successful season. But even that's a bit of double-edged sword because I'm really looking to to some of the looking forward to some of the young kids playing and. You know, I was glad to hear Nick's come out during the week and say that he wants to give Chase minutes in the middle and stuff like that. That I'm really looking forward to seeing the development of the squad. Um, 
In terms of the competition itself, uh, really to me, I think they should rename this year the COVID Cup. It's not an AFL premiership. Um, and I don't know how I, how enthusiastic I can I will get about the overall competition. I'm really enthusiastic about watching our squad develop under a new new coach and you know all that sort of stuff and maybe a bit of a transition of some of the uh, senior players. Um, but the competition itself, I don't know, Mac. I'm it. I, I'm I'm struggling a bit to be honest. Well. I did get to the stage after a certain number of weeks. I thought, I just hope they can it because, um, you know, it's just gone too long and it's going to be a bit of a farce anyhow by the time they bring it back. I guess now it is starting to come back. I'm starting to get a, a little tingle coming back, thinking maybe it will be all right. But I know that we're not going to set the world on fire with the Crows. I was just looking at our first five games and, uh, you know, we could easily be, well, we've got Gold Coast and Frio. So our only hopes of getting a win, in, I think, in those for out of those games yeah uh, but we but it's not impossible we could be zero five at the end of five oh, look, games. yeah no look I, you know obviously we'll we'll cover the uh the lead up to round one next tuesday but uh you know it looks like pretty much all hands on deck um in terms of injuries um oh uh, no the only way one is uh what's his name um he always gets bloody injured um, yeah um mcpherson no, not well. No, not apart from him. Um, oh, he goes in. He's hard little, hard nugget little bug. Goes oh, in Mc, hard, McHenry. No, not McHenry. Um, go on, fine. Oh, who are you talking about? Oh, somebody out there will know. Uh, he, <laughs> he, um, oh, he, he was pretty regular in our side. Um, God, yeah, but you said regular oh. in our side and a hard unit. I. I I don't know who that is. <laughs> you reckon that's contradictory? Oh, I don't know. Um, Stengel's obviously out. I know. Oh, it'll come back to me later. But, You're um, not talking about Murphy. No, not Murphy. Um, Knight. Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't. He's still out with his Achilles, but... Uh, yeah. 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 Now, look, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they match up, but we'll talk more about that next week. Mate, we've filled well, up an hour and a bit, you know. Well, you know, I said we could keep talking forever, really. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, just when we, when we do dislike our side next week, you know, we we put, for example, we, we put Smith on the ball and we had Miller on the back lines. And I know Miller likes at the back lines, but we need Miller as pace out of the centre. Smith got, what, he had seven touches or something. He didn't really cut it as a midfielder. I mean, they really need to swap those positions for a start. Well, and, you know, you're jumping the gun, mate. I'm jumping the gun. Jumping the gun, mate. I just hope the side we hope the side we pick is uh, got got the players in the right spot and got a little bit of speed and got a few youngsters in it, so that we can actually develop this team rather than just repeat what we've been doing. Here's hoping, mate. We've done very well. Um, look, a couple of things. Uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we are winding up Tuesday Night Live. And next week is our very, very last Tuesday Night Live. Uh, so after five long years, Macca. I think that's very sad, mate. It will it's be no sad. more. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll have everyone on. Um, I'm also hopeful that if... Uh, the, the boys that join us on chat 
and uh, in Discord in particular. Uh, if you're joining on your phones, I'm going to open up a voice channel for you blokes next week, and we might actually cross to the uh, to the Crowcast shed during the uh, during the the broadcast next week and have a chat to some of the people that have been. Um, supporting us all this time it'd be great to 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 hear the voices of j-mac and and matt and vardy and razor and and pj and all the all these people that have supported us for so long so if you feel so inclined and you've got access to uh discord on your phone um i'll, I'll make a special voice channel for you guys to hop into next week and we might say good day but we'll have pete along we'll have uh nikki and donkey along um, I'm going to try and see if we can grab Scorpus as well. It'll be a bit of a party. It'll probably be a fairly long session. We will talk Crows. We will preview the, the round two match. Um, but it will be a, a pretty special show. Uh, it doesn't obviously mean that the Crowcast is finishing. Um, as I mentioned when we announced this a couple of weeks ago, we will be um, continuing on our Sunday night show, our Sunday wrap show. Um, which will be 7.30 uh, on Sunday nights every weekend. Probably be slightly expanded to talk a little bit of shit apart from the uh, apart from the actual footy, um, but that's where we'll be. Um, so please uh, make make a make a, a note in your calendars to join us next week uh, on Tuesday night live because uh, it'll be a pretty big one. And we need to say thanks, as I mentioned every week. To all the people that support us, all the Patreons that, uh, patrons that support us on Patreon, all the people that come out and chat with us every week. It's been fantastic, hasn't it, Mac? And it, and it will be well, sad next week. Well, yeah, it is sad because they're bloody champions, these people. And I, I, like, I love reading what they're saying because they're, they're a pretty cleared up bunch. And they wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, and uh, they, they really come out with some good things. I actually see a lot of my lines off of them, actually. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, but so I see they, they put up a good idea. And I think I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. No one will know. The trouble is, Macca, <laughs> that I actually you probably don't watch the replay on on YouTube or or Facebook, but I actually run the chat on the video feed so people can see what they're saying. And if you then copy it, then you know you're you're exposed as not being able to get your own <laughs> your own um, your own material. Ah, yes, but they say imitation is, is a form of flattery, isn't it? Yeah, let, let's stick with that, shall we? Look, all right, let, let's wind it up there, Mac. It's been great having a chat with you tonight and great t- chatting to everyone. Uh, next week's our final episodes uh, for Tuesdays, uh, so uh, please join us on Tuesday night. Until then, everybody, farewell and stay safe.